We're going to keep the cricket theme going with uh, one of my all-time favourites, a man I spend a little bit of time with on Big Bash Nation. We'll see him on Friday as well on the coverage for the Australian West Indies ODIs. Darren Berry, part of the SEN Cricket Commentary team, is with me. Hello, Chuck. I'm a bit fat and I like a beer at times. <laughs> That'll go down in, in, as, in folklore, I reckon, one of the great lines. And uh, isn't it appropriate for uh, many of us who uh, <laughs> love the game of cricket? You, you and I included, Johnny D, but uh, look, I must admit, as you know, I've been out tonight at my mm-hmm. son's basketball, so I haven't watched the awards, and I've just heard that as you were playing it whilst I was waiting but I could just say um, I am so wrapped that Mitch Marsh is the Alan Border medalist because I wouldn't say haters. That's well, maybe you should say it. a lot of people just didn't give Mitch Marsh a chance. Uh, Jared Waitley will be. Uh, <laughs> I think Jared Waitley might even be cracking the champagne yep. tonight, to be honest, because he's always been his biggest supporter. But I just think again, it's another great story in Australian cricket, and I'm so wrapped. To, and I've only just relatively heard it, so. Well done to Mitch Marsh. That's great reward for persistence. Yeah, and I'm I said a few moments ago, Chuck. I was one of them who who was off Mitch Marsh. I thought it wasn't up to it and all that. And and I am so happy to be proven wrong in this situation because he has done a full uh, number on me, and I am back big time on his bandwagon. I know that I shouldn't jump off and all that, but I love Mitch Marsh, and I think it's one of the great stories in Australian cricket. Well, I agree, Johnny, and uh, what you and I have found out and, and all our SEN listeners, it, in the job that we do, we get paid to make observations and comments, and I've been guilty, you're guilty. We, you have to have an opinion. Uh, the late, great David Hooks once said to me, if you're going to work in radio, get off the fence and have an opinion. You're not always going to be right. So many listeners would be in the same boat as us. Oh, Mitch Marsh is not up to it. But then there's those others that believed, and... Uh, Again, it's a great story and, uh, you know, really wrapped for, for Mitch Marsh tonight. Absolutely. And I know you were out. So the BBL player of the tournament was my man, Matt Short, and the men's domestic player oh. of the year was Cam Bancroft. Fergus O'Neill, by the way, Chuck, was the Bradman Young Cricketer of the Year as well. So uh, there's some awards for you. But, yeah, Matt Short, the rightful winner, I would have thought, of the uh, the BBL player of the year. Thank you for updating me. Some good stories in there as well. Matt Short, Northcote Cricket Club, not much of a chance, in and out of Victoria, uh, in and out of the Renegades, goes to the Adelaide Strikers. What a great story. What a great, fantastic player. And uh, speaking to a few people with Adelaide Strikers, they just think he's gone from strength to strength. So another big tick. Fergus, you mentioned Fergus O'Neill from the Melbourne Cricket Club. Country boy, I think. And uh, I've only met him once or twice, but he looks a real knockabout sort of fella. And that, that is another big tick. I was rapt mm. to see him get a shot for the Renegades. So thanks for updating me on a few things. <laughs> Tim Bancroft... Uh, you know, there's a story in itself, isn't it? I mean, he's been overlooked. Many Western Australian people, yep. Tim Gossage, if he's tuning in, the Goss will be saying, no, I told you so. Uh, so there's some really good highlights among those awards. There, there certainly is. And, and before we get on to the ODI and a little bit of the test series, I spoke to Will Sutherland a, a few moments ago, and I mentioned your idea for cricket as a whole in Victoria uh, for the Big Bash and about the the fact that you want to see more Victorians in the side and, and obviously Matt Short and, and Fergus O'Neill are two of those that can be and one Matt, uh, Fergus O'Neill is playing for the Renegades obviously but he thought it was a brilliant idea and not to pump up your tyres too much Chuck but he wants to see more Victorians in both the Renegades and the Stars over the next couple of years. Well he's a fine young man the Chief and uh, geez, I remember the young boy 
captain of uh, of Scotch College, and uh, he's now developed and. We'll get on to the one days because I hope we see him tomorrow night. I'm not sure we will, but it'd be a great story. But rap that he signed long term for the Renegades. Rap that Jake Fraser McGurk's locked away. So the Renegades are starting to build it, and you know you would hope that Fergus O'Neill gets locked away. So I didn't know you'd said that. You know my theory on it. Yep. I'm glad that Will Sutherland's. Uh, let's hope if he's captain of that side, uh, whichever direction they go in. Well, surely he's got to have a say and. Oh. Uh, I hope the Melbourne Stars also uh, follow suit. And look, they're not going to be all Victorians. That's not realistic. But as we discussed when we're doing the Big Bash, the Stars with only six Melbourne players is embarrassing. It needs to be a dozen uh, in each team. And then a sprinkling of two or three interstaters. Don't get average interstate players when we've got better players in Victoria. End of story. That's <laughs> my opinion. Absolutely. Well, it's great. great minds do think alike, Chuck, because I did actually ask him if he would have a say in who comes in and who doesn't, and, and he said basically yes, and he wants to have a say in that. They're looking for a couple of opening batsmen now that Quinton de Kock and Sean Marsh and Aaron Finch are out. So he, he wants to sort of get involved in this whole list management type of thing and get the Renegades going forward. Well, good to hear. And uh, look, he's got a bright future. He's always had leadership ability. And, uh, you know, he's he's been pushed into that one-day squad tomorrow night. Gee, um, Friday night, I beg your pardon. Yep. You and I will be working together. I'd love to call his name on the MCG on yeah. Friday night. Um, I don't know whether we will, given the, the lineup, but uh, you just never know. You never know. The hometown might bring it forward and say, well, let's stick him out there. I'm a big advocate of a bit Scotty Boland-like. I'm a big advocate of if it's in your home city and you're a new player in the side, I, I think throw all team dynamics out. You play the local boys. So Fraser McGurk should play Matt Short, obviously, and, and Will Sutherland. And then in Sydney, they bring in others. You know, I'm a big advocate of that. Uh, <laughs> nice to hear that, Johnny, but I don't think that's how the Australian no. selection panel work. And, and, and of, again, you know I love your work, but uh, I don't think that sentiment like that probably at the highest level doesn't come into play. But look, we'll wait and see. The, yeah. the other debate that I know that's going to frustrate you is, does Matt Short go straight in at the top of the order alongside Travis Head? Or mm. there's whispers that Inglis might open. Does Steve Smith open in the short format now that he's captaining the... I mean, there's a lot of unanswered questions about the batting order too. Yes. Well, Dan Churney put it out there a little bit earlier, the likely team for the first ODI against the West Indies. And it's sort of, uh, it's a great looking team, but it has me puzzled as to why Matt Short might be batting in the middle order. He says it's going to be Head and Inglis, Cam Green at three, Steve Smith to bat at four, Marnus at five, Aaron Hardy at six, and Matt Short batting at seven. And then Sean Abbott, Xavier Bartlett to debut, Adam Zamper and Lance Morris also to debut. That's from Daniel Churney's reading between the tea leaves at the moment. I don't like the tea leaves, Daniel. He's probably got a finger on the pulse closer than you and I with yeah. the inner sanctum. But if Short plays, don't bat him at seven. Don't just get him up there, top three. Let him do his stuff. Let us get away to a flying start. Inglis can play in the middle because he's a very good player of spin. And, you know, when they bring their left arm orthodox on, let Inglis do the damage in the middle. But again, that, that's what I would think, that if Short plays, which he will, he should play in the top three. Mm. Yeah, I, I I just think the leading run scorer in the in the big bash has got to count for something. He's opened the batting a little bit in India previously. I get that Travis Head's one of the most informed ODI players in the game, and Josh Inglis certainly right up there as well. But if, if look, I'm not a selector, Chuck. I'm allowed, I can... Uh, prophesize all I want. I would take Labuschagne out of that side. I'd bring Matt Short up to three and just drop everyone back one and 
uh, bring potentially someone else in. I don't know, but that's just me. Uh, don't forget Marnus Labuschagne, and I, I don't disagree with you because I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced Labuschagne and Smith both in that one-day side mm. need to be in that one-day side. I mean, we've got a few players missing, obviously, out of our or more than a few. There's eight out of the World Cup. Yeah, uh, Glenn Maxwell obviously been one of them. But the bowls are already. It's a different-looking Australian side. Let's be perfectly honest. Mm. They're trying a few. They're looking at a few. There's a couple of well, there's three named in the squad for the first time. Uh, Hardy's barely, you know, he's played one a couple. So it's a very different looking side. Uh, but don't forget the role Marnus played in that World Cup yes. final at the other end. So, you know, whilst Travis Head went bananas, um, Marnus played a role. So I think they like that, what will we call it, the glue in the middle mm. to keep them together. But I will be intrigued between now and Friday when I get to the MCG as to the starting eleven and the batting order. Because I think there's a lot of moving parts in there. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's the first time we'll see an Australian ODI since the World Cup triumph. And and on the other side of it, the West Indies are coming in off good form. They beat England on home soil, a a 2-1 series win. So they're not in bad form. And this is their preferred format, just about. For sure. I'm I'm looking through their lineup, obviously preparing a little bit. And and I'll be brutally honest, there's there's about four or five names that I know bugger all about. They've got a couple of debutants, some... I think Teddy Bishop, a batsman, yep. and Tevin Imlach, who's the, who's a wicketkeeper. But you shy, shy Hope, their captain, he's a superstar. You know, he averages fifty in one yeah. day cricket. Shy Hope, yeah, it's he's amazing. Yeah, he's a star. And and when I say oh, the reason I said there's a few no namers in there, and I'm going through a few, and I'm thinking, oh gee, oh, he hasn't played Otley. Oh yeah, a couple of one days. Um, there was a guy called Shamir. Is it Shamir Joseph? I think. <laughs> I, I was surprised as well. Yeah. So uh, he's not in that squad. But my point is, you know, a month ago, we, we didn't know this boy from Burbese in Guyana, and he's just torn the test match, absolutely torn at the shred. So mm. the West Indies have always produced some exciting players. So I'm enthusiastic about these three games to see on paper, you're going, oh, the Aussies are going to wipe them. Hey, we thought that at the Gabba test match as well. We were yeah. proven wrong. They've got some exciting talent. Elzari Joseph is a very good bowler. But even Athenaise and a few of um, Greaves impressed me. Uh, guys like that. Hodges ha- hasn't played a heap. I think he's played about Three. 31 days. Three one days. Three one days he's yeah. played. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, I saw enough of them in the test matches to say that they've got a bit of ability, but can they put it together on the MCG Friday night? Mm. Uh, let's wait and see. Well, it's a bit of a mismatch, a mishmash, as you mentioned. Shy Hope, the the, mo- the most experienced, 121 ODIs. Azari Joseph's played 66. And then you, yep. you've got 7 0, 19, 42 for Roston Chase. You know, Matthew Ford took a three for on debut against England. He's played just the one game. You've got a couple of debutants, as you mentioned. And then Romario Shepard, O'Shane Thomas, and Hayden Walsh Jr. have all played around 20 as well. So. Yep. Look, this is this is the format, the white ball they love playing with. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of flair, attacking flair they come out with on Friday. Uh, agree. Some somersaults, some backflips. Uh, <laughs> they'll always entertain the West Indies, good or bad. And, uh, you know, again, right now I'm thinking, well, Australia will be too good for them. But did anyone think that they were going to beat us at the Gabba in a test match? So <laughs> I love... I didn't love that Australia uh, lost the game at all. I didn't like that, but I thought it was a real injection in the arm for Test cricket yeah. uh, that the West Indies could knock Australia off at the Gabba of all places. Australia just don't lose at the Gabba. Yeah. 
and uh, on the back of one man who we thought had a busted foot, he rolls out. Enough's been said about that, but um, you know he's not in this squad. But who knows? There might be one or two names uh, that pop out of this little three-match one-day series that we go keep an eye on that fella as well. Yeah, absolutely. A couple more before we let you go, and I know you mentioned it there. We we never like seeing. Australian teams lose but Chuck it was one of those things I've never seen an Australian cricketing public be so happy for an opposition team beating us on home soil than what we saw on the weekend it was amazing I thought it was great for test cricket you know you you want to see the big three obviously up and about but the West Indies winning and being relevant in cricket again just seems right again two parts to that what you said Uh, as an Australian cricket fan I hated it as a, as a fan of the world cricket, like how did we lose to the West Indies at the Gabba? Come yeah. on, man. We were, we were not switched on. And to have that chase and only need 150 on the last day and fall over, not good enough. you know. And there needs to be questions asked. That was unacceptable. But however, on the other side of it, the West Indies, and we've spoken about it ad nauseum, mm. that a lot of their best players, a lot of them, go and chase the money on the world circuit, which we understand. It frustrates the hell out of me. But does that win? Does that win say to the West Indies, hey, stick, stick. Let's play and represent our country. The passion when they run to the boundary line. And it was, it was like, I love the Big Bash and I love T20s. Test is the best. And that was an unbelievable advertisement for Test cricket. And I just hope it gives the young West West Indian cricketers, both that are in the squads, but those that are playing domestic cricket for Barbados and Guyana and St. Lucia and, you know, Jamaica, hey, our country just beat Australia. I hope it gives them a little bit of an injection. Mm. And above all else, I hope that players coming through the system see test cricket as the pinnacle and not the million-dollar contracts around the world. I know we're pushing it mm. uphill, Donnie, but... <laughs> That's that's a 54-year-old man with a passion for the game. Saying, yeah. for me, test cricket is the best, and it upsets me that many countries, South Africa now, that their best players are not playing test cricket. Well, it was fantastic to hear Shamar Joseph in the uh, in the press conference post-game say that I will be here always to play test cricket for the West Indies. I love this format. I want to play test cricket for the West Indies. It's the best and and he is just a, a really great personality. So he had a, a fantastic debut series. Uh, one one or two more, Chuck, before we let you go. Sorry, I mean, just, yeah, sorry, go. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you there. Sorry, mate. He, and and we take the kid on face value. And he's come from the back block security guard. I watched the family story. It is an unbelievable story. However, Johnny, the real world tells me this. He's now going to get a manager. His manager will shop him around. The IPL will come calling. The BPL will come calling. The Melbourne Stars are probably already on the phone to him. Do you know where I'm going? Yes, yes. Is he then going to be able to resist? Money talks. Uh, I can go on the world circuit, let's be real, and make $2 million, or I can play for the West Indies and make 200000 I hope with all of my heart that he chooses the West Indies. But what I'm seeing and what scares the life out of me and many of us old heads, that's not where it's going to go, sadly. Yeah, I agree. And I hope I hope you and I, I hope you're, we're both wrong Please on that. Be wrong. Yeah, I hope we're, we're wrong on that. But 
Um, look, all signs are positive so far, and it is only early days in his career. Hey, final one before we let you go, Chuck. Appreciate you uh, jumping on board, but you and I had a lengthy discussion about the Melbourne Stars, about the Melbourne Renegades a couple of weeks back, and one man I mentioned was Marcus Stoinis. I personally thought it was best for team and player to part ways, look in a different direction, and maybe just you know start afresh. He signed a three-year deal during the week for the Melbourne Stars. Yep, and again, it's hard as I like Marcus Stoinis. So I wouldn't say he's a close friend, but before he even came to Melbourne, I'd spoken to him in Adelaide. He, you know, Marcus Stoinis is a good person. He's a fantastic cricketer, but like you said, the stars, in my opinion, needed to shake the cage. They needed to shake a few, a few underperformers. And, and, and let's be honest, Marcus Stoinis has been an underperformer for the Melbourne Stars over the last couple of years. His overall record is good, all right? Mm. But I reckon in the last, and I haven't got stats in front of me, but if you pull up his last 20 innings for the Melbourne Stars, for the Melbourne Stars, that's all I'm saying, and, and give me those numbers, that might be an exercise for you to do. Yep. Uh, I thought the cage at the Stars need to be shaken. He's not a, he's, he's not a Victorian anymore. Was West Australian originally came over here, and now so he's one. I'm with you that as tough a call as it is to be good, you got to make tough calls, and that for me was an easy tough call. Uh, some would say the tough call was to keep him on mm. and believe in him. Let's see, wrong decision in my opinion. If I was involved. I would have cut him free. Yeah, uh, I probably uh, well we had this conversation. I would have probably done the same. I think his high score in the across the Big Bash this season was fifty five on uh, on New Year's Eve. He made a forty eight against the Hurricanes late and a thirty four, but uh, it really hasn't shone the lights out. And Bryce McGain said his kryptonite is left arm spin. So look, he signed on three three more years with the Melbourne Stars, and maybe they'll be able to turn it around. Who very well knows. Chuck, it's always a pleasure, my friend. I'm looking forward to sharing a commentary box with you on Friday. I'm on my international debut, so if you can hand me my hat, that'd be great. And um, we'll do it all again soon. Maybe we need to have a SEN uh, commentator cap, <laughs> and uh, Jared could come along and, and say a few words and and present it to you. So I know you'll be tense and nervous and uh, I'll be taking the mickey out of you. And <laughs> What we will do, mate, we'll have a good time. Yeah. The West Indies will entertain us one way or the other. And let's cross our fingers with our Victorian hearts. Wouldn't it be good if Will Sutherland and Jake Fraser McGurk uh, got to wear the green and gold uh, Aussie hat? Absolutely, it would. Chuck, you're a star. We'll see you on Friday and uh, talk to you again very soon. Thank you, mate. Cheers, Johnny. No worries, mate. Darren Berry there joining us. He'll be on SEN Cricket on Friday along with Damien Fleming, Adam White and myself for the first ODI of the series Australia up against the West Indies. More Sporting Capital on the other side of this.